Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Amen. Well, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Once again, we thank you for joining us from the Sanctuary of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. And once again, there is a word from the Lord. Somebody say amen. All right. Bless your hearts. Amen. Well, get your Bible or your electronic device and turn to Revelation chapter 1 and verse 10. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 1 and verse 10. And you're going to be so informed by this word tonight. You're going to get so happy. You're going to want to share this with everybody. In fact, I'm going to do like folks that I see when I'm watching online. Why don't you hit like? Why don't you text somebody? Tell them. All right. All right, then. Look at uh, Revelation chapter 1, verse number 10, King James Version. And if we're going to read together, begin. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as a trumpet. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you again for making choice of me, saving me, healing me, delivering me, anointing me, and setting me in this place. Use me for your glory. Anoint me afresh. Anoint the ears of the people that hear and their hearts to receive so you get the precious fruit and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, bless you. You may be seated. I want to talk tonight from a message entitled Sabbath or Sunday, an invitation to rest and worship. An invitation to rest and worship. Saturday or Sunday. Sabbath or Sunday. This is going to help you. This is going to help you. All right. We read our foundational scripture, Revelation 1.10, that John was on the Isle of Patmos, and he said he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. The Lord's day. The Lord's day is Sunday. The Lord's day is Sunday. It is so called because it was the day that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. So ever since Jesus rose from the grave on Sunday, it's been called the Lord's day. Mark 16, 9 reads, Now when Jesus was risen early uh, the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he cast seven devils. So Mark is confirming this. Mark 16, the first verse. And when the Sabbath was passed, that means Saturday is over. The next day after Saturday, of course, is Sunday. So Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had brought spices that they may come and anoint him, him being Jesus. So the Sabbath is over. Saturday is over, and it is now Sunday when they come to attempt to anoint Jesus, but he's not there. So on Sunday, which is the first day of the week, the Bible tells us early that morning, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus, Mary the mother of James, rather, and Solomon took spices to anoint Jesus' feet. Verse number two. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week. Okay, there it is again. It's Sunday. He's not there. Again, so the Sabbath day, we know, is Saturday. Sunday is the first day of the week. 
So the Sabbath and the first day of the week are not the same day. All right. The reason, again, I've got to repeat myself because some of you have not heard this. The reason, God bless you, it's called the Lord's Day is because it's the day that Jesus rose from the dead. So that's the day the church began to gather to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus on the Lord's Day, which is the day after the Sabbath day, which is Sunday. Write down Sunday. Can you say Sunday with me? Say Sunday. Sunday. All right. Sunday is the day we celebrate the new creation. Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. It's a day of celebration. It's a day to celebrate the new creation. So Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, gather on Sundays. It's very important you understand that. Now, let me throw a little something at you, help you pray, keep you praying. <laughs> Jesus said in Luke 13, 30, he said, And behold, there are that which... There are last which shall be first, and there are first which shall be last. Let me read it again. Jesus says this in Luke 13, 30. And behold, there are last which shall be first, and there are first which shall be last. In other words, God can take what's last, the Sabbath, and make it first, Sunday, and vice versa. You'll think about that later on tonight. That's going to mess with you, keep you up. Now, in Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 12, now we're going to go some, a little bit further into this to make our case here, to help you to, to settle your heart. we got to be settled in this hour. In, in Ezekiel 20 and 12, this is what the Bible says. I'm not making this up. The Bible says this. Moreover, God is speaking through the prophet Ezekiel says, moreover, also, I gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between me and them that they might know that I am the Lord that sanctifies them. Who is the them? Israel. So God is telling Israel through Ezekiel, I gave y'all the Sabbath so that I can sanctify you or make a difference between you and everybody else. So God gave Israel the Sabbath to sanctify or separate them from every other people group in the world. He gave the Sabbath to Israel. He didn't give it to us. I ain't making this up. This is in the Bible. God gave the Sabbath to Israel. Israel has to keep the Sabbath. We don't have to keep the Sabbath. It was specifically, God said it, he gave it to Israel to sanctify or set them apart. They worship on Saturday. That sets them apart from everybody. So the Sabbath belongs to Israel. Say that with me. The Sabbath belongs to Israel. Nowhere in Scripture do you find God communicating to all people to keep the Sabbath. God only commanded Israel to keep the Sabbath. Exodus 20 and 8, again, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. He said that to Israel in the wilderness. He told them to keep the Sabbath, to keep it holy. Hmm. Acts 20 and 7, upon the first day of the week, that happens to be what? Sunday, all right? 
Upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. So again, the custom began for God's people or for Christians or followers of Christ to gather on the first day of the week, which is Sunday, to fellowship and hear the word. So the Lord's day, again, I'm repeating myself for a reason. The Lord's day is Sunday. Say that with me, please. The Lord's day is Sunday. The Lord's day. We gather on Sunday because it's the Lord's day. As followers of Christ, as believers in his resurrection and every other thing about Jesus, the reason we gather on Sunday is to celebrate who he is and what he has done on that Sunday. It's very important. Now, the first day of the week, again, is called the Lord's Day. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, Jesus is called the first fruits of them that slept. So we gather on Sunday to remember he got up. And as we hear me now, as we remember and celebrate him getting up, what does it do? It reminds us we going to get up. So Sunday is also an indication that every follower of Jesus Christ will never die. And if you happen to die, you're going to get up. Now, please understand, and sometimes you have to be technical. Please understand there's a difference between the Lord's day and the day of the Lord. Because the New Testament has that phrase, too, the the day of the Lord. It's not the same thing as the Lord's day. The day of the Lord is the day of God's vengeance. All right. (laughs) It's the day God begins to separate the sheep from the goats. (laughs) The day of the Lord is when I'm going to say it this way. Maybe help you remember it. Remember it. Uh, The day of the Lord is the day God crashes man's party. He just crashed our party down here. Well, not our party, but the world's party. He just crashed it. Whereas the Lord's day is when God throws us a party. Big difference. The day of the Lord and the Lord's day are not the same thing. It's important that you understand that. Again, John says in Revelation, we started, Revelation 1.10, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. That was Sunday. The spirit, he said, I was in the spirit. It's easier to get in the spirit on the Lord's day because it's his day. When you don't go to church, you're missing something. When you don't show up at the party, you're missing something. When you don't show up at the Lord's table, you're missing some spiritual food. Mm -hmm. So Sunday has become the Christian Sabbath, so to speak where, again, all followers of Christ gather to worship, fellowship with God, and rest from our labors. John 10, 16, Jesus is speaking. We're going deeper. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Hear carefully. Jesus says, I have other sheep that are not in this sheep pen. Just because they're not in here don't mean they're not my sheep. He goes on to say, them also I must bring. 
I got to bring them to this sheep pen. He goes on to say, and they shall hear my voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Wow. What is Jesus saying here? What is he saying? What do we need to understand? Jesus is saying at this particular time, Jesus has Jewish sheep in a Jewish sheep pen, but there's going to be Gentile sheep. And over time, Jesus is going to put all sheep in one pen. It's going to happen over time. Right now, we're not all in the same sheep pen. But when Jesus, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. When Jesus gets finished, we're all going to be one. One sheepfold because there's going to be one shepherd. But right now, you got Jews that celebrate Sabbath day and you got Christians that celebrate Sunday. But there's coming a time. Somebody said there's coming a time, though, when we'll all worship the same day, the same God and the same shepherd. This is very important. So Jesus says, I must bring them. I must lead these sheep that are not in this pen or in this fold. I have to lead them and bring them into the same fold. I got I got to teach how, us how to be one. I could, go, I could go off, I got to say this though, because I at least got to say this. It's amazing, there's only really two sheep folds, sheep pens, but what did man come along and do? You got a Methodist sheep fold, you got a Baptist sheep fold, you got a Pentecostal sheep fold, you got a Catholic sheep fold. I mean, there's so many sheep folds. Ezekiel 20, 12. Again, moreover, also, I gave them my Sabbaths. I gave them, Israel, my Sabbaths. It's a sign between me, God says, and them. It's not a sign between God and the church. It's a sign between God and Israel. Israel has to keep the Sabbath. <laughs> Remember, it's the Lord's day that we, as followers of Christ, celebrate. So, but like we said, eventually, Jesus said, all my sheep are going to be together in one sheepfold. Turn to Isaiah 56, verse number six. We'll start there. Also, the sons of the stranger that shall join themselves to the Lord to serve him and love the name of the Lord to be his servants. Everyone that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and taking hold of my covenant, verse 7, even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer, what? For all people. Isaiah is saying there's coming a time when all God's people will worship together. God will bring that about by his spirit. We can do all the efforts we can, and there's nothing wrong with that. But this is a work of the shepherd, the chief shepherd, getting all his sheep together. Oh, I wish I could go somewhere. So God says there's coming a time through the prophet Isaiah 
when all his people will connect themselves to the Lord, who connect themselves to the Lord, will keep the Sabbath and enjoy all the covenant, the same covenant blessings in the end. God has a plan. But until that time, hear me now, until that time, we ought to walk in love and not judge one another. Somebody say amen. amen. This is why this teaching, God wants me to teach this. Because, because here we are in the last days and we still fighting over what day to worship on. I mean, it's 2022. We still, we can't even get together with somebody because they don't worship on the same day. We got a problem with them. Something wrong with them. They wrong. Notice what Jesus says. I'm, this isn't another message. I'm, I'm not going to pull the scripture up. I'm just going to say it. So, 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 so in the gospel, I think it's gospel of John. Um, disciples see a group of people casting out devils. And they come to Jesus and say, Jesus, we saw some folk casting out devils, but they weren't a part of us. And we tried to get them to stop. Here's what Jesus said. Never forget this. This is going to help you. Jesus said, if they ain't against us, they for us. Why, 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 why do we think another denomination is against us? Why do you think like that? Jesus, Jesus don't think like that. If they ain't against us, they for us. That's your brother. That's your sister. I don't care if they wear pants, red lipstick, if they don't speak in tongues, if they don't have no music. If they ain't against you, they are for you. Can you say amen? Why are we so... I've got to say this. Why are we so much more inclined to reject people than to accept people. See, that, that, that's, that's, that's a sign, that's a sign you might be religious. It, it's a sign you might be a religious fanatic that you're willing to kill somebody that don't believe like you. Say a lot. If they're not against us, they're for you. So don't fight them. Stop trying to argue over Sabbath or Sunday. All right, let's go further. Let's go further. I got some more evidence. Colossians 2, 16 and 17. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or drink or in respect of a holy day. Ain't that in your Bible? So we shouldn't judge people based on what holy day they say they're going to serve the Lord. Now, don't get it twisted. If they're serving the Lord. If they're serving the Lord. Then we don't judge them. We're all on the same side. I don't care whether it's Saturday or Sunday. We're serving the same Lord. Let's keep going. Or new moon or Sabbath days. Let's read the whole thing again so you don't miss it. Colossians 2, 16. Let no man, nobody judge you of whether you eat meat or don't eat meat or don't eat pork or eat chicken or don't eat lamb or whatever it is or what you drink or in respect of a holy day or a new moon or even the Sabbath days. Verse 17, which are a shadow of things to come. We told you it's coming. It's a shadow. These things are a shadow of what's to come. He says, but the body is of Christ. I, no, I said that in Round Lake. We need to be body. Let me say it. Let me back up and say this. Let me say this. I said it in Round Lake Sunday at Christian Faith Round Lake. <sighs> what, 
Over the centuries, we have become Christians, church-going people. We have been more concerned about church membership instead of body membership. You and I, we are a part of the body of Christ. We're members of his body. That's what we need to focus on, being members of his body. Not what church you go to, who your pastor. Oh, this stuff, it just cracks me up today. That's the main thing for what church you go to. If you're a part of the body of Christ, you're my brother. Let's embrace that. You're my sister. This is the problem. We divide over who, who's your pastor, what church you go to. I'm just glad you go to church. He said the body is of Christ. That's the focus. The body is of Christ. So whether you worship on the Sabbath or on Sunday, it's a shadow. It represents things to come. It represents things about God's eternal kingdom. We're not, listen, this isn't the end of all things yet. God is still working things out. He's still going through his process of separating the wheat from the tares and the goat from the sheep. He's still perfecting and maturing the body. That's why words like this are so important because they help mature us. Because kids fight over sandboxing, who can play, and who gets the round ball, and who gets the square cube and all that goofy stuff. We need to stop that. Let's grow up. Jesus tells a Samaritan woman in John, you know this, in John chapter 4. Verse 22, he said, I'm paraphrasing because she was, you know, trying to tell Jesus something. Well, our fathers worship in this mountain. She was a Samaritan. Our fathers worship in that mountain. Jesus said, look, woman, chill. Y'all don't know what you worship. You don't even know what you're doing. That's what he basically told. Woman, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you worship because salvation is of the Jews. Do you know Jesus was Jewish? We couldn't be saved if it wasn't for the Jews, because Jesus is Jewish. <laughs> we got folks got a problem with that. That's a whole nother message. Jesus told the Samaritan woman, you don't even know what you're worshiping. You don't know how to worship. You, you all confused. And sad to say, there are many wonderful people that are just as confused as the Samaritan woman was. Because Jesus goes on to say, because the hour is coming and is now where the true worshipers of God will worship him in spirit and in truth. It ain't about a place, a day or a time. It's about what's in your heart. We got. Paul helps us. Paul is trying to help us. Paul understood the mysteries of the kingdom. What we. <laughs> What, what we preachers need today is revelation of the mysteries of the kingdom. We got to stop saying the same thing over and over again that the last generation said. So the new generation don't know no more than the last generation because you ain't getting no revelation. You just saying the same. He died. Romans 14. Starting at verse number four. Who art thou that judges another man's servant? You don't even realize you're doing that, do you? When you tell somebody you should be worshiping on Sunday. You judging somebody else's servant. They ain't your servant. 
They ain't worshiping you. They ain't serving you. They serving God. Let's keep going. This is in the Bible. I'm reading the Bible. Who art thou that judges another man's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. God. We are all servants of the Lord. It's amazing how we, <laughs> how another servant going to tell another servant how to serve their master. Well, make no sense. He goes on to say, yeah, he shall be holding up for God is able to make him stand. God is able to make you stand regardless to who judges you about how you serve him. It's him you're serving and he knows how to justify you. Oh, come on, saints. I stand or fall based on what God says my service is, not what you say. Verse five. God is helping the Roman church because, again, throw this out here real quickly. Rome. Well, let me say it another way. America must like Rome. We need to understand this. The book of Romans. <laughs> Paul wrote to the Romans. Oh, God, I got to go there to make you help you understand. All right. Um, depending on what source you go to, there were between 12 and 14 different Caesars, emperors of Rome. Um, but here's the main issue you need to understand. Rome was never defeated by any army. Rome was defeated from within. And the reason Rome was defeated from within, because all but one of Roman Caesars was gay. All but one Caesar, all but one was gay. So they, so they, they, they crumbled from immorality from within. Sound like America, don't it? Folks walking around saying, I'm a man and you a woman. And then you got, and I, we got these educators. I want to get you riled up. Well, you got to call them Bobby and looking just like Sally. You've been calling her Sally for three years. Y'all getting quiet. I don't care. Gender confusion. I, I, I was watching the news. I was sharing it with, uh, I think, my, our daughter. In I think it's at Buffalo Grove or somewhere. Yeah, they, 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 they canceled this celebration uh, for children where they're going to celebrate transgenderism. What? Now, now let, me, let me say something to you that's going to help you. It's going to be ridiculous, but it's as ridiculous as everything else. So if, if a person can say one day they're a man and the next day they're a woman, well, what I want all of us, well, I ain't going to say it like that because I won't get you in trouble, because somebody will go out and do this, because I said it, and I don't want you to do it. So let me use me. So if that's how things work, tomorrow I'm going to go to a bank, and I'm going to say I'm a white man. I'm going to be transracial. I mean, if you can be transgender, how come I can't be transracial? I don't, I'm not black. Don't, don't, if you call me, I'm going to sue you. If you treat me like a black, I'm going to sue you. It makes absolute, that's why you clapped and you laughed and you took your mask down and showed your teeth because it made no sense to you. This is what caused Rome to collapse. That's why Paul wrote the book 
of Romans to the Romans, especially chapters one and two. We won't get into that now. Rome had a morality and perversion problem. And America is along this, going along the same path, y'all. So in verse number five of Romans chapter 14, Paul says, one man esteems one day above another. Another esteems another day alike. Watch what he says. He says, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Listen, if you worship on Saturday, God accepts you. You make up your mind. You're going to do it. Don't talk about people that do it on Sunday. That's your conviction. God will respect your faith and your conviction as long as you don't attack somebody else that has Sunday as their day of worship and they're persuaded in their mind. We all just need to let everybody be. Listen, we are another man's servant. We're God's servant. Servant. If God don't have a problem with me worship on Sunday, you shouldn't either. This is in the Bible. But the devil got us, we don't even read the Bible anymore, so we don't even know how to treat each other. So that devil can keep dividing the church because all we believe is what people keep saying, and we won't read it for ourselves and know what God is saying. Read verse 5 again. One man esteems one day above another. That may be Saturday for some. They esteem Saturday as the day of worship. That's cool. Cool. Go ahead. And he says another man esteems another day. Somebody like me and us, we esteem Sunday. Then leave me alone and let me worship God on Sunday. I'm his servant. If God ain't got no problem with it, then you shouldn't have a problem with it. Amen. Who are we to keep judging somebody else's servant? Man, why do we do that? We love to do that. Here's another clear understanding, or scripture will help us get a clear understanding. Jesus tells the religious leaders of his day, don't forget this, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man to get rest, to worship God, not the other way around. Sabbath is for our benefit. Why are we letting the devil take something that God used for our benefit and use it to destroy one another? That is absolutely ridiculous. I'm reminded of when I was in Israel a number of years ago. Uh, on the Sabbath, I got a completely different revelation of it being in Israel because they take it literally. Everything is shut down. Uh, the Sabbath is so tough uh, in Israel when it comes to doing no service and doing no work that in the hotel <laughs> that I was staying in, the hotel, the elevators go to every floor and open up automatically. You eat, touching the button is work. So when you get to the elevator on the Sabbath, it's going to open up, give you time to walk in, and it'll go down to every floor and stop so you don't have to do no work. And I'm like, man, so they're this serious about not working or about resting. See, you need to get a revelation of rest. Write that down. We need a revelation of rest. This is, this is not, this is, the reason God 
allowed Israel to go into 70 years of captivity is because of the 70 years that they didn't Sabbath rest the land. That's why they went into captivity. Because rest is essential for proper worship. See, oh God. The American culture that changed the dates and the times and the seasons to fit capitalism got folk working all these. Now, I'm old enough to remember when people used to work five days a week and was pretty much off Saturday and Sunday. I can remember when there were no golf tournaments on Sunday and, you didn't, and there, you know, there was no liquor sales on Sunday. None of that. But capitalism, somebody say greed. Monet changed all of that. So now all of that's out the window. And so America has become a country that's full of money and but full of folk that ain't got no rest. So we're full of stressed out people, medicated people, angry people, fighting people, frustrated people, people dying early, people taking all kinds of medication because you won't rest. I could stay right there. I could preach right there. Because we won't rest. We don't understand what the Sabbath is about and why God established the Sabbath. Because on the Sabbath day, he rested. And you know God didn't get tired, so he established it for us to catch a revelation. You get tired. Some of y'all tired right now. If I don't hurry and finish this message, you're going to fall asleep on me. That's why you come to church and look at your watch. You ain't got a lot of time because you're too doggone busy. Paul says, everyone needs to make up their own mind. Make up your mind who you serve and when you're going to serve him. And don't change. Stop going from this one to that one. And Oh, Lord have mercy. I'm running out of time myself. When you, when we, please hear me, when we make up our minds who we're going to serve and on what day, it develops a consistency in you. This is why so many folk is manic. This is why you can't, you don't know which job to take, what city, state to live in. You you can't make up your mind because you don't know how to be consistent. Hmm. First Timothy. Two eight, not to mention the Bible says whatsoever is not a faith is sin. If you just go into church on Saturday because they told you. Or because you dating that girl. And you you ain't getting nothing out of it. That's not a faith. You got to make up your own mind. First Timothy 2.8. I will therefore that men pray everywhere. This is what Paul tells his spiritual son, Timothy. He said, I just want men to pray everywhere. Pray, pray in the church, pray at the train, pray in the grocery store, pray in the parking lot, pray at school, pray everywhere. Lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting God. Paul said, I just want people to get in the presence of God. Stop tripping about where at. And then my last scripture, Mark 2, 27. And he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for man 
and not man for the Sabbath. Jesus said that. God made the Sabbath for man to rest and reflect on his labors. Reflect on your past activities. Another reason we don't make good critical decisions is because we don't spend enough time thinking about what we just did. So you're going to keep making the same mistake again. Because you need to sit down and contemplate your actions of the past week and decide which were good godly decisions and what things you need not to repeat again. But if you never take the time to do that, you're going to keep doing the same thing, making the same mistake, and you'll be 50 years old and wonder what happened to your life. And you love Jesus. You go to church and you sing in the choir, but you never stop and reflect on your life until it's over. And then you got to let somebody else get up and do your eulogy and talk about you. How many of us really know why we're doing what we're doing? Or we just keep doing it. Hopefully something will change. You'll miss the best opportunities God has for you if you never rest and sit down and think and contemplate upon your life. Life happens fast. Trust me. I'm thin to be a grandfather. I'm tripping out. I'm tripping out. I got some little son or grandson, prayerfully, if he's a girl, I love her too. But I got another one coming. I got another one coming. I got to make sure you understand what life is all about. Did I tell you, did I, did, I, did I share with you the question God asked me about life? Let me, let me, I think I did it in round leg. I'm getting older sometimes, you know. So God asked me a question a few weeks ago. He says, what's the most important thing to learn about life? And I said, well, and I started thinking about it. Before I could answer, he said, the most important thing to learn about life is how to live it. Isn't that something? Your car comes with an instruction manual. Your electronics come with an instruction manual, your manual, your wash machine. Everything comes with an instruction manual, right? Except life, right? Right? No, the Bible. The Bible. Read your Bible. That's instructions for life. So folks don't know how to live it because you don't read the Bible. So you keep making the same mistake and wonder why you ain't happy. Because you don't know how to live. Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And he gave us the Sabbath for us to meditate on our actions of the past, think about what he wants for us in the future, get up and worship him, honor him, adore him, allow, hear this, allow his presence to invade our lives so we can be fuller. Our lives can be fulfilled. Because even in the book of Genesis, the Bible says God and Adam fellowshiped in the cool of the day. There was a time that God fellowshiped with his creation. We need to fellowship with our creator. He's the one that created us and he knows what he created us for. If you never fellowship with your creator, you will not know why he created you. So then you are left to find out from everybody in the world, Rihanna, Beyonce, Oprah, uh, who got a new talk show, uh, Jennifer Hudson. 
because you don't know why you're here. So you want somebody to tell you why you're here. Everyone stand, please. The Sabbath is meant to bless man, not something that is a burden to man and something we fight over. Because there's some people out there that will tell you you ain't serving a real God because you ain't serving on the Sabbath. And if you don't know these scriptures and you don't understand what I just taught you, you'll be. You ain't got nothing to say. And next thing you know, you done left the Christian faith over a day of worship. That the Bible, I just gave you scripture and you got my notes. You read that, you digest that, and you understand that no man should judge you on a holy day or the Sabbaths that's in the Bible. So anybody that wants to do that, they ain't got the love of God and they don't understand the scriptures. Bow your heads, please. Father, help us today. As you are showing me and telling me to teach your people what is important, the things to remember, hallelujah, the things that, mind, that mindful believers practice that shows their allegiance, their faith and commitment to Jesus Christ. It is serving and worshiping on the Lord's day. It's easier to get in the spirit on the Lord's day. So don't let us overlook Sundays anymore. Help us stop overlooking the church on Sundays. Help us understand we need to be together and fellowship together on Sunday, that we should not forsake the assembly of ourselves together on Sunday, on the Lord's day. It is your day that we remember your ultimate sacrifice and that you came back to life and that because you came back to life, we have newness of life. We're not living the old life. The new life is ours and the Sabbath day that we serve the Sunday, the first day of the week that we worship is, is, a, is a memorial that reminds us of who you are and who we are in you and who you are in us. Help us today to help the rest of the body of Christ. We do not fight over these things. If they are not against us, we are together. We are together if they're not fighting Jesus and fighting the word of God, fighting the kingdom of God, then we are together. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Think about what you do. Think about who you serve. Think about why you worship. Think about why you pray. We just came off a of consecration. There was a song we played. You're the only God for me. We don't serve another God. There is no other. I don't care how beautiful you can build your temple. I'm not serving your God. There's only one God for me. I know who he is. And I know how to serve him and I seek to please him. And if he's pleased with me and you're not, then uh, I'm sorry. I, w I wish you would be all right with me, but I got to please God rather than man. So, Father, help your people today in this hour of confusion, in this hour of division, in this hour of all kinds of questions that can get answered incorrectly on the internet and social media, help us look to your word and get revelation and understanding of the mysteries of God so that we can be light in the world in the midst of darkness, 
So we're not confused and shut down by ignorant people that think and pretend they know more than we do because we won't read the Bible. Help your people today, Jesus. Help us to be your body. Help us to realize we are the body of Christ. We're members of your body, not members of a specific church. That's my church. We love your church. God bless you. It ain't about your church or this church. It's about the body of Christ. It's more about your citizenship. Our citizenship is in heaven. So we give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward, and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.